I try like not to like scale up too much. I'm really in that like mind frame right now of like, you know, small team, big checks. Like that's what I'm on. <laughs> I love that. Small team, big checks. Because I like, like because my chest. I'm just like, you know, you talk to some people that are really into business and they're just like, I'm putting that on a hat. Small, small team, team, big checks. That's like the next that, merch drop That's right what there. I'm on, honestly, because... <laughs> <laughs> I love Yo, that, dude. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 505 Podcast. Today's guest is a photographer, filmmaker from Dallas, Texas. He's made content for the NFL, NBA, and a plethora of musicians, and is the creator of the viral sound, So You're an Artist. Please give a big hand to Tej Patel. Oh, thank you. Welcome wow. to the show, boy. You what have a- you have a huge thing because you were talking this big game before the pod started about the one-handed crack. So we have <laughs> even an audience member to see you crack this drink. So please get it going. Yep. All right, let's run it. So one I, hand. I'm going to say that I have like a like this overconfidence mm-hmm. issue sometimes. Okay. This straight, right? Yeah, you're good. Damn, I got a little... Almost, almost finished. Oh. Okay. Okay, I got a little crinkle Let's spin it around. thing in the can. Oh, that's the biggest dent I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> that's the biggest dent you've ever seen? Yeah. So <laughs> normally, right, we need a really flush crack. And so the hezzy really docked you that. Like the by the second, docking. that was docking you points. So we're going to give out a 3-1 to start the pod. <laughs> um, but it's all good because it's a really good drink. So you can now, you can now sip the drink. You- and you can use two hands if you really want to. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> uh, Give it a go. I'm not really good at these. That was one of the best ones you've ever done. That Did you crack good. it? No, I didn't. Wow, that was really good. What's my score? Uh, seven nine. Let's yeah. go. That was good. That was Maybe good. I'll get to the eights one that time. was a good that, one. That and mine was crazy. Dude, so you, uh, I saw a tweet actually from a minute. I went and creeped on your Instagram and I saw this tweet. I wanted to talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. And it goes something <laughs> like this. This is the first time you've probably seen me and my work. I'm a brown kid from Dallas, Texas, and I want to break barriers for the kids that look like me. You don't got to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an engineer. You can do whatever you want with your life and you can get your dreams. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, why you tweet that. You're from Dallas, Texas. There's probably, is there, is it a big Indian community in Dallas? There is a big Indian really? community in Dallas, but it's like, you know, then I moved to New York. It's like mm. even bigger in New York. Really? But, but yeah, like growing up though, I, I went to a very diverse school though. It wasn't like all brown kids. It was like very mixed. I have a very mixed friend group mm. growing up, but yeah it was just was that after the travis scott thing or no? i think so yeah i think it was after travis like yeah it was i i just saw the tweet was like posted to your instagram okay oh yeah 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 mm. yeah, yeah that was after i made like this travis scott little mock commercial mm. um and then travis scott retweeted it and that was a crazy day because like i made this like little video which was for travis scott's drink cacti and then it went crazy because like after 20 minutes of me like posting that on twitter travis got a uh, quote tweeted it and then like that day everybody was messaging me like yo travis got retweeted you like was it shit a, was going crazy was it a spec ad or did you it was like a spec it was like one of those videos where it's like travis Scott just launched his new drink mm. so i decided to go to the store get the drink make an at-home commercial um you know you've seen those type of videos mm. so i decided to try it out just like as soon as a drink launched because i thought like you know, I try to make these videos where in a timely way so that they kind of pop. I feel like if you time things correct, timing is very important. So 
I thought like Travis Scott would eventually see it after other people saw it and started like ramping it up, but like he ended up seeing it within like 20 minutes. So <laughs> that's so just minute. instantaneous. You didn't yeah. even have to wait. Yeah, I didn't have to wait that long. And then after he like quote tweeted it, started going crazy. Um, but you know, I was like, I obviously want to do a lot more. So I I made that tweet to kind of because that day I got like the most attention I've ever got it in my entire life in one day. So I was just like, you know letting people know a little bit about who I am and what my mission kind of is. What was it like growing up in Dallas? Would you say that, is it a really big creative community once you kind of got into this whole thing? Yeah, I love the creative community in Dallas. Like, it's always a thing in Dallas, I feel people are kind of always saying in the creative scene. I feel like any other smaller scene than like New York or LA always says like, we want to turn our city into that New York or LA. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of years, I was like, that is what I want to do because I want to be kind of that group or that person in my city or group of like creatives in the city to turn it up and like really, really champion that. And that's what I was kind of like working toward. But my perspective has like since changed a little bit because I've moved to New York. Um, I think I realized that there is such an advantage to, to both, I'll say like, I'm not saying that you should go and move to a a big city like New York, LA off the jump, but I'm saying that after moving to like a a city like New York, where I moved New York, um, after moving to New York, it was just the creative opportunities were crazy. There's just such an advantage you get to being in these different scenes where you can almost like fall into something big versus in a city like Dallas, when there's just not as much brands and not as much productions, it's, it's much harder, but it is easier in a way to like build a portfolio, get your name going, get your brand going. But like you reach this point where it's like when you're ready to take that next step, I think being in a big city really helps. Was that nerve wracking to move to New York without like, was that you said that was the first time you like left your family, right? For, for like, for an yeah. extended period of time. Did you end up going to school or no? I did. I went did. to college. Okay. Did you finish um, or no? Yeah, I finished nice. college. Let's go. And so yeah. when you, when you make the decision to go to New York, what was kind of going through your mind? Were your parents down for it? Were they like, yeah, go like have fun in New York? Nah, what they- yeah. Like, so my, yeah, I told my mom like, yo, first of all, I basically had this on my mind. Like, let me move to New York. I marked it on my calendar. I'm going to move to New York on August 1st, but I really had no plan. Like this was probably, I marked it in like June at the beginning of June, end of July. I had no plan. And then like two weeks before I was like, oh yeah, this is on my calendar. I meant to like move. So let me start figuring that out. And I was like, yo mom, like I'm going to move to New York in like two weeks. And she was definitely not having it. She's super supportive though. My mom's super supportive of all the creative things I was doing. But just from that, you know, she obviously was just like, dang, like that's a lot for me to like move. Um, but eventually she kind of came around sort of, <laughs> you know, I was just like, look, like, I have to do this. So it was nerve wracking even for me, like obviously um, taking that jump, leaving the fam at home and like going to New York. But after a few months, like I'm on month seven now, like I'm really in that flow state with that city, though. Like mm-hmm. Things are moving. How old are you? I'm 25. OK, cool. Yeah. Um, and was there a decision like had you been to New York before and that kind of caused you to be like, I got to be out in New York? Were you choosing between L.A. and New York at all or like? Yeah, I was. I was. I was definitely just reached that point in Dallas where I was like, OK, I need to move. And, you know, for me, it was I need to move to either like New York or L.A. And then I had done a production here um, in New York 
for PopShift, which is a company I was working with. And after that week, you know, aside from just the production, I like met so many people in New York. And then I also linked up with some people I was meaning to meet in New York, some friends, and they like showed me around. I just loved like the vibe there. I loved the culture there. It was, it felt like super inviting and it just felt like, I just felt good to be in that city. Aside from even like, you know, the business aspects and things like that. Um, I noticed a lot of people say this too, it's just like New York makes, you just feel good because you're just around people and it's like people that are creative, like some of the greatest minds are are just so close and accessible. So, um, and then I went to LA too, LA was cool. Um, not to this LA, but dude, this LA it was, it um, yeah, like, I mean, I, LA was cool. It just didn't give me those same vibes. It's just, things are far. Like in New York, you can say, yo, like we're going to get dinner in like an hour and people will like pull up, you know, in mm. LA, they're like, okay, I live I need like, a two week, hours away. Need a four <laughs> week notice. Got to yeah, put it in like, my calendar. Yeah, exactly. Reschedule it once or yeah. twice. And I'm a last minute person. So That's there's definitely a certain energy about New York for sure. Like I've never been there for more than I would say like four or five days at a time. But every time I go, like there's just a certain energy about the city. Like I feel myself even like feeling more creative every time I'm in the city. There's just something about it that LA doesn't have. I think though being in a major city like you were talking about lends to the opportunities of like just opportunity falling into your lap, being able to network with a bunch of different creatives that like even in other cities like Dallas or even cities that aren't as big, like you just don't have those same opportunities. Yeah. I guess like my point about that is like, I am happy with the, what I chose because I knew that somewhere down the line when I started this, that I would probably end up living in like New York or LA. But what I would say is that really helped me is starting off in Dallas because there's not like a big big creative scene and so much like competition you know and i think that that's why i was able to like kind of finesse my way through all the different people i was able to work with and like in dallas i was able to work with obviously some of the athletes some of the biggest athletes in the in the city and then eventually like the nfl and i think that like just happened the way it did because i was in dallas and i was able to like start start as nothing you know and be and build a portfolio and then taking that portfolio and that like work I had to like a bigger city just helped it not be so challenging to me in that city. Like it made, when I moved to New York, I thought it was going to be super challenging. It was a little bit, but it really wasn't that crazy. You know, it was like, I have a portfolio, I have all these things behind me and that made it like way easier. When you move out there that like, do you have clients saved up for retainer that you're going to be working with? Like when you go out there, did you just save money before you went? Cause I'm like a lot of people that are listening to this, maybe they probably want to move to maybe a New York or an LA or Miami, something like that. So yeah. what, you know, what could you say about that experience? Yeah. So personally, I think I saved like a couple months of expenses mm. and then I had some talks with people like, you know, little, little projects here and there mm. where I was like, okay, I have like this much coming in. I don't think it was like specifically retainer, but I was like confident that, okay, like I'll be able to get some money coming in. I think like saving is one of the important things that lets you really like stay sane as a freelancer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a freelancer. So it's like really being able to save some months of your expenses if you can, I think help helps me like not stress out over life all the time. It's like if, if I don't have clients or if I don't have a retainer, right now it's like okay i can like 
work through it eventually things will you can eat out and not freak out exactly like i can go and buy the coffee and not be stressing (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna charge me like 50 cents for the ice and then (laughs) then i'm just like could you take that that fee off (laughs) you take the fee off please like yeah so yeah you know that that's also the funny thing about freelancing i talk about all the time it's just like some days i'm ready to buy the whole earth you know what i mean and then some days (laughs) Some days <laughs> I'm here like dang like how much the earth oat milk, yeah. <laughs> oat milk like I don't know if I can afford it today just give me the dairy milk. I want to add that's so funny. I want to ask about uh, going back to Dallas a little bit like I you had a video go like pretty crazy viral. I think it's like a little over a million or maybe almost at a million views just sharing your story about how you got started and how you got to work with like Ezekiel Elliott and everything. Can you share that story with us kind of in like detail? Cause I know obviously it's like a minute yeah. long on TikTok, but like you started off doing concert stuff and I'm assuming that's kind of like what you wanted to do. And then you ended up doing sports. If you could talk a little bit about how you started shooting concerts and then transitioning to sports. Yeah, it's like I got this script memorized I for love this it. question. Let's but the, this, so like my video was how a Young Thug concert led yeah. me to working with the NFL. And it's interesting looking back on it because culture really connects in these ways. Like you look at culture and it's like the intersection of like sports and music and fashion. And and I'm interested in all of these things. So I happened to start in the music industry. I randomly was, so I was like music industry starting out as a concert photographer for me, at least like my way to get in is just finessing as much as possible, like messaging people and trying to get like myself the opportunity to photograph an artist and you know i was doing that and my tactic was just to like message everyone from the artists to the management team to like the photographers and just see like who would be willing to kind of give me a shot not like yo please like give me a, a shot but like you know i'm also presenting my value in that way which is something i say like present your value it's not like you're not you don't want to ask people like hey just give me a hand and help me out. It's like, hey, like I actually want to help you out and help them like see that. So I started doing that, trying to reach out to people. One day I really wanted to photograph Young Thug and 21 Savage. And they were like, they're popping right now. But even in like that time, 2016, they were going crazy. So it was like a huge show that I wanted to photograph. I got no ins, no one replied to any of my DMs or emails to get in. But then an hour before the show, I noticed Young Thug's photographer goes on Instagram live and I just like hop in on the live and I'm like, yo, like um, I'm a photographer in Dallas. I was just wondering if I could like photograph the show. Forgot exactly what I said, but something along those lines. You just type it in the live. I typed it in the live, like while he was watching. You know, you can't ignore it. I was being annoying. Okay. So, hey, 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 I don't know if I would do that right now, but that's what I did. You feel me? I was just being annoying and uh, I typed in live. I'm like, you don't this you're gonna see this right and you have and nothing to lose yeah, i have nothing to lose i'm just gonna like like ignore you kid. yeah but um yeah so i did that and he responded and was like yeah like i got you on the pass come i'm a complete stranger like bro has no idea who i am you know other That's than ballsy for him to be down for this you know <laughs> it what is, I mean? like is. what if you just walked up and were like yeah you just ruin the show type of yeah thing. you don't know you know what true I mean? that guy it's has like, good tra- he's a good guy is, or is he's guy an amazing guy yeah yeah he's a guy and um amazing guy i mean i had some work on my page uh, from previous things so it wasn't like a complete random mm. thing you know you can vet people on their, by their instagram yeah um but yeah like he was so nice to give me a shot at having a 
you know, photo pass for that show. I got to photograph that show. After that show, I met an artist named Rez, who um, I started working with, doing like photo shoots, music videos. At that time, Rez wasn't even making music, I think. But then one day, you know, he he calls me and he's like, yo, do you want to come to this G-Eazy concert with me? And I was like, yeah, I do actually. <laughs> like, you know, he's like, do you want to come to this G-Eazy concert and take photos? I was like, yeah, for sure. So we pull up to this G-Eazy concert and that's when he like introduced me to his friend Zeke, who played on the Cowboys, and Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Ezekiel Elliott, who plays Star on the Cowboys. Back, not just Zeke, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, then, my good buddy Zeke. You know. <laughs> and then, and then, like, yeah. So after that, years, years had kind of gone by, and I have, I had been doing things here and there for um, for Zeke. Like Zeke would do this thing every year where he like brings out the kids from his football team that he used to play on to Dallas, and like you know show them the game take them bowling things like that so like i would capture content like that um but then over the course of a few years like doing things here and there um zeke one day was like yo like let's take this social media thing a little bit more serious during the off season so then i was like i'm ready you know and basically we started creating content for him documenting like his whole training journey and those really went crazy because during that time, a lot of eyes were on Zeke. And I think a lot of players during that time also weren't really making content. Like, you know, usually players just like pop out at the end of the of the off season, but really giving fans an opportunity to like see what's going on behind the scenes and take them like with him during that whole training process, I think was super interesting. And I was like super happy to captured that and i had like full creative freedom to like do whatever so that was really cool after i essentially made all these videos for him they racked up like tons of views it was it was really cool to be able to do that um then i got like this dm from the nfl um someone who works at the nfl and they were just like you know what you did for zeke was really cool like would you like to hop on a call we would love to have you you know work with us during the season and we chopped it up on the call they were like cool like in two weeks, two weeks later after that, I was like at a football game. That was like the second football game I ever attended to. I was like freaking out. You're like on the field. I'm yeah. like on the field, yeah. like yo, at the like, Cowboys stadium. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, which is like one of the craziest. Yeah, one of the stadiums. one of the biggest, most well-renowned stadiums in the country. Yeah, I'm I'm just like on the field, like dang. Hopefully, no one yells at me. Did you feel <laughs> Did you feel like a part of it, or did you feel like we're like in starstruck of like this crazy arena? As in, yeah. The first time, the first time. Yeah, the first time Mm -hmm. I I definitely had like mad imposter syndrome because, especially because of just knowing the way that I like got in that door. A lot of people, you know, that I talked to have gone to like college for like film and gone through like maybe shooting sports, maybe at least attending a few football games (laughs) before, you know, being like filming football. So uh, I was just like, dang, like I hope I don't mess this up. But then, you know, I really... I was I read this thing that really hit me that was just like do what got you invited and that really hit me in terms of just doing that like you know I'm here for a reason like you don't just end up imposter syndrome is there but it's like at the end of the day you don't end up in these situations like by accident you know you're there for a reason so just do what got you invited to the table and everything's gonna be fine and that's what it was like it was really cool being able to work with the NFL make content for the players that I work with. And yeah, it was, it was really cool. I think that's so important when you said, I think we can all relate to dealing with imposter syndrome. Similarly, kind of similar. 
when I started shooting for Loud Luxury, the way I got to shoot them was they found me on TikTok and the first concert I shot for them was at EDC, which is like this massive festival. So I'm going there, I'm like, man, there's kids that are like working their way up, shooting at like smaller clubs, going like sneaking into clubs, working their way up, like trying to figure out how to go on tour with an artist. And I'm over here like having never shot a concert before and now having the opportunity of a lifetime to shoot main stage of this insane festival being like, how am I here? Like, am I, should I be here? Like, but because of something they saw or whatever, it's like, I'm here because of a reason. And like, you know, I'm sure you can relate to this. I'm sure you throughout the course of the season, like got better at what you did. Like the content you started shooting probably was like, not as good as like you improved. Yeah, no, for sure. It's definitely, yeah, you learn a lot. You improve. I learned how some of the plays work because sometimes they would like go, you know, this way and my camera would go this way. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell them that, but I learned sometimes, okay, they got trick plays going and things like that, you know? Because you're Uh, like looking down the field, you're like, where's the ball at? I'm like, dang, okay, missed that one. But (laughs) um, yeah, you mess up, but you learn. Did you film a lot of refs? Isn't it fun to film refs? (laughs) They get in your way? Yes, they are in my, yeah, like I filmed refs but like i didn't want to film you know (laughs) what i mean but but i think like you get the opportunity you say yes and you figure it out along Mm -hmm. the way like you're never going to be fully ready for the moment but like just saying yes to the opportunity and like doing the best you can i think is all you can ask for yeah 100 percent. like i i tell myself that all the time it's like dang am i really ready for this like should i just say no because certain opportunities will come your way and you're just like dang like i've never done something to that level but it's like well how are you ever going to do anything at that level if you don't just that's how you grow yeah that's how you you grow grow. yeah you got to grow you got to take on that new opportunity and be like all right let's we'll figure it out figure it out once you it's like when you take on that bigger budget you're like oh god i've never done something like this before and then you crush it you're like that's my new price (laughs) you know yeah yeah, exactly it's like you did it once and it's like all right now that i did it once now i know i can Mm -hmm. like do it again definitely go ahead i was just gonna say like speaking of price i wanted to ask you like you start working with Ezekiel Elliott over the summer, right? Like mm-hmm. you did a few things like here and there. And then he's like, yo, I want to take things more serious. So like, does money then get brought up? Like, was he paying you or were you just like, yo, this is just like a really sick opportunity. I'm down to create content with you and build up my portfolio. Or like, how did exactly did like the financial mm. side of things work? Yeah. Like working with like a pro athlete. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say like Zeke, like again, like we had a relationship for like years in terms of mm-hmm. that. Like I met him like years ago and just I know I think it's it's different for everybody. Your relationship with with people is different. Um, my relationship with him was just like I let him kind of shoot whatever and he would always take care of me regardless of um, I always felt taken care of, mm-hmm. you know, with what he sent me. And that's kind of how we rolled. And I was comfortable with that. I'm not, I wouldn't be comfortable rolling that way with like everybody I work with, but with him, I had that relationship of just like, you know, do this, do that. Like, um, anything he kind of needed taken care of by me, like I would do it and he would always take care of me. I wouldn't have to ever like ask. So that's really nice. Good yeah, to hear. exactly. Good for Z, yeah. dude. Let's no, go. he's amazing. Like even, even every video that I would post, like always has my name on there, that's like nice. credited. Respect. He never, I never asked him to do that. You know, he, he really? just always did it. He does it for the trainer. And he's just real. He's like a real one like that. Always puts me on to opportunity. So like shout out to Zeke. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. How how important was it once you, you know, you start getting these opportunities. And I'm sure many creatives feel this way. You know, you get a little exhausted from the actual 
client work that you're doing, but you post, you post on TikTok a ton, you post on Instagram a lot, and you also do, um, you also have started YouTube, which is awesome. So like, how important do you feel like it was to post social content as well as keep the client stuff going at the same time? Cause you never really, I never saw you took, I didn't notice it at least. You didn't take really a break or did you? Did. I feel like I've just taken a break for like the past few weeks, mm. but yeah, I would say one thing is like I designed my content a way in a way where a lot of the work I was doing is like in line with the content, right? So like even if my work stops, then it's kind of like, okay, now what's on the content side? It, in a way, right? Like mm. documenting the things that I'm doing, documenting the things that I'm working on, it gives me a chance to like also make content with that. Um, so, so that's one thing I kind of like figured out ways over time to mix my daily routine my daily what i'm doing into the content that i want to show and that really helped and also i think the most important thing to like really be good about making content is like just making it as easy as possible mm. to make it like if you got got to go and set up all these lights and it takes like 30 minutes like it's going to be a whole process so i try to make it as simple as possible for me to like go from idea to execution when it comes to like content do you think that has that brought you work you posting your own stuff yeah it definitely has brought me work but it's never been my intention to like really get work mm. i post content because i just enjoy storytelling i enjoy like this community i've been able to build and like whether it's people that just watch my videos or like you know you guys mm. i met meet so many amazing creators from just creating content which is like the dopest thing ever and so it's never really been about, oh, like, let me get more clients. But it is crazy the amount of clients that I've been able to get from TikTok, especially when I moved to New York. Um, it was like I made a bunch of videos like, yo, I'm moving to New York, blah, blah. And I got a bunch of people hitting me up like, oh, yeah, like, let's work. And that happens to this day. Even people will like I, I always ask people, like, how did you find me? Because I think everyone should ask that. It's like, it's like a big like thing if you want more like clients like find out how they found you so some people just like search like uh nyc videographer nyc photographer you know that's like uh, they'll search it on tiktok and i think that's a big thing like you know y'all should look into getting into using some seo dude tiktok is posts. the number one search engine. it over it, tiktok surpassed google is the biggest best search engine so you got to be posting stuff that someone would search for because you never know they might hit you yeah la videographer la photographer mm -hmm. whatever like they could totally find you and then you get a new or a new friend you know Coast, yeah. that's how coast and i met coast oh. and i are literally roommates because of tiktok <laughs> yeah isn't that Dude, crazy that's so dope but it's like that's the world we live in yeah. you know like that's so sick yeah that's how that's how like we met you too. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we all on met TikTok. from tiktok yeah like, that's just crazy. popping up on the for you i'm like Cool creative guy. Cool creative. Bang, let's like, talk. You know. I think what you're saying though about like just making it as easy as you can on yourself. Like I, this is something I struggle with too. Is you get caught up in like having all the lights set up, and we all have like nice camera gear. So it's like, do I film it on the nice yeah. camera, or, like the iPhone or whatever? And like sometimes you're just scrolling through TikTok and you see a video that does super well, and it's just like filmed with like fucking the old plug-in headphones, just like talking to the camera. And I think just making it as easy as you can on yourself and staying consistent is like so important and consistency will beat 
really good mm-hmm. content every now and then. Like if you put, if you're consistent and you put out like decent content, but you're consistent with it, I think you're gonna have more success than if you post like really, really, really good videos, like once every blue moon or whatever. And, but I wanted to give you your flowers cause you're someone who like, I'll check TikTok constantly and I constantly see your work and I'm always like, man, like he's hella <laughs> consistent. Like I gotta get back on my <laughs> Thank shit. You, bro. But like, I, I yeah. don't know, uh, but. I feel like that way when I watch TikTok too. It's just like, damn, everyone's just doing too much more than me. <laughs> like, I'm sad. But um, I feel that though. But thank you for the compliment. Yeah, I, I just, I feel like that, you've done a really bro. good job of like staying consistent. Also with having, you know, getting work on the client side to TikTok. I've seen you post a couple of like brand deals and stuff. Yeah. How have you navigated monetizing TikTok since you have a pretty good size for you what you're like 60,000 almost like 60k mm-hmm. yeah yeah and so i guess like stepping into maybe like the influencer side of stuff or like the talent side as opposed to just like working with clients and being behind the camera mm-hmm. um can you talk about how like you've been able to monetize or like if you have been able to monetize yeah. tiktok and social yeah yeah for sure that is something like that i've been doing recently in like the past um year slash months especially after moving to new york i feel like i got a lot more opportunities simultaneously with that i don't know if it's because i moved to new york or like because my following at the same time also got to like 50k but i'll say that my main thing is that i've always kind of thought how can i make myself a little bit more marketable to brands and how can when someone watches my profile can they see themselves like fitting into like what i'm already doing and it it it's a it's a lot that goes into it but i think at the end of the day it's it's just making yourself someone that the brand can kind of see fits fits our like audience and fits our demographic but in terms of like you you, would you say like you want to know like actual strategies behind things or i just think it's interesting with tiktok because a lot of us it's it's rare for the photographer or the videographer to do brand deals, Be front right? Facing. Yeah, it's like you're so used to creating work for clients, and then you build a, you know a following on social media, and they start hitting you up about creating content and like getting paid for it just because you have a following. Like I always think that's the coolest shit ever because it's just like another stream of revenue, and it's it. I'm assuming it's a little bit newer for you, so like I guess like how have you navigated that and like. I guess like how many opportunities have come to you to be able to monetize through your own personal brand. Yeah, it's definitely cool. And and there's definitely so much value in it, especially as creators, we have an audience. And, you know, I think a lot of our audience is in that same circle of probably like creatives. And, and there's so many, of course, brands that want to appeal to creatives or appeal to people that want to be creators. And it's like really people look up to different creators, um, for a lot of different things and so it's like there's a lot of value in the audiences that we've all created and like all creators have created so much value and so much value in like being that person that people trust the trust is the most important thing that brands look for and so it has been super interesting i've been able to work with some really cool brands like adobe for example is a brand that i've been able to work with recently and that's just crazy because i like use adobe every day you know <laughs> so um it is crazy and i think it's at the same time it like makes it makes sense for them to want us i think you know what i'm trying to say is like creators oftentimes like don't value the true pull and power that they really have um and the true like effect they have on culture but it's really 
like a small group of people like there's a small group of creators and especially in this space like let's say like creatives or like videographers and photographers like there's a small group of these people that really have a huge effect on the culture and what everybody in the scene is talking about what products everybody's using so there's so much power in that so that makes a lot of sense why a lot of brands are still like wanting to work with um creators even even like people like us that are used to not being front-facing but we've now built like this this very cool audience and very like strong audience of people um by you know all of us like we kind of share our stories i think that's a big thing Mm -hmm. that people connect deeply with and i think that builds like so much trust in in our brands even yeah I, I i wanted to stay on this a little bit like do you have advice for creators besides like sharing your story and like how can you build trust with your audience um and kind of be like authentic through your content if you have a piece of advice about that word uh, you know i really like what um i saw you guys talk about hassan minaj on mm. your on your podcast at some point too. hassan's the man dude I yeah yeah him. he's uh, super dope and i like one of the things he said he was just like his point i forgot exactly what he said but his point was on vulnerability vulnerable vulnerability there it oh is. my god it's a tough one <laughs> thank you for understanding <laughs> what but being vulnerable is obviously a slippery slope but i think that you have to give your audience something and i think that was his main point and you know he started his his special i believe by saying something along the lines of like he couldn't have kids right mm-hmm. and that's such a big subject it's such a vulnerable subject and I think it's, it goes the same way for like any creator when you see someone that is kind of just like you that, you know, everyone has these different things that they're that they're in their head. No one wants to really go on the Internet and say, you know, I messed up. These are the things that went wrong. Some things are embarrassing. But when you kind of are vulnerable with your audience and keep it real with your audience, I think that's when like they really build that trust with you. We're so used to seeing everyone like live this like picture perfect mm-hmm. life. Um, when someone's actually like, you know, my life's not picture perfect. It's like has problems. It's cool sometimes. It's like terrible sometimes. Um, I think just keeping it real is the most important thing that people can really connect to. And I think also people nowadays more than ever can like suss out what's real and what's fake. I think it's harder with longer form stuff and with video to be more fake. You know, yeah. with pictures, it's like people could like pretend a life for a minute and you're like, yeah, well, was a Tinder swindler guy? Tinder swindler? Yeah. I had no idea. Like I was just like with a bunch of girls yeah. like, in, in the Alps every weekend. But like, I think with like, you know, a podcast or with TikTok videos that are longer, it's really, I feel like you can get a vibe of what someone's actually like and you can, and I think now more than ever, people are seeing through the bullshit of like, oh, this person's inauthentic and like, I don't want to be a part of that you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's also exhausting oh for if sure you yeah. you imagine if oh you my aren't God. like authentic of course when the camera's rolling i don't care what you say there's always going to be slightly yeah. a filter you're going to be mm-hmm. conscious Definitely. of what you're saying but like man if you're putting on like oh a front God. or whatever like it just it gets exhausting you're not going to want to create content yeah like it can that. only last like that for so long so you had um you had an article that came out a minute ago and I couldn't read it because it was behind a paywall, which is fine. But now we can ask you it here. And it was basically going into your different income streams as a creative. And I think that someone might get a little inspiration from this and be like, oh, Tasia's doing this. Like I could add that into my creative business. And I think it's really important for creatives to diversify their income because, you know, if you're just making videos all the time, 
it's realistically going, you can only be on set so many days in a month and you can only edit for so many days. And if you want to get to say a new tax bracket or in a different stream, you know, you need to bring in a different revenue stream. That's not you physically making videos or, you know what I mean? So I, I want to know what it is that you've been successful with and what has helped your creative business grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also try to be like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that Business Insider article because it's one of those things that coming into the industry, a lot of people didn't talk about, like how much they make, how much they charge. Like now I used to kind of be like that because I was like, OK, there might be a reason why everybody doesn't kind of talk about these things. But then as I got kind of more into the industry, I was just like, OK, whatever. Like, I actually don't care. Like, I guess you guys can know my bank account. Like, I don't really care, you know. So I was I was hyped to even put that article out there. And they asked me, like to send them my entire bank account statements and oh, everything wow. to verify everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. Everything on business insider is like, Oh, it has, I have to send that's them. awesome though. Yeah. It's good that it's so no one can cap. Like shit. there's no yeah. capping on there. Like yeah. you have to send them your, like all your bank statements. Social security number. Um, not that, but, <laughs> um, uh, credit, but, <laughs> hey, you have a credit card. But yeah, like I had to send them everything so they could like check and make sure I was legit. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, so to answer the question, my income streams. So one is of course my client work. Mm. So even with that, I do a bunch of different things. So I always get asked, you know, I don't have like a specific niche. Like a lot of my clients are from like a lot of different things. And that's what I actually enjoy. I've been told to like kind of niche down. I've thought about it. I enjoy really working in different areas. Like I enjoy like shooting a concert, maybe one day shooting a a sports brand deal thing one day and like i enjoy working with all these different people so um it's just cool for me to be able to do that within that like realm of client work there's also like the aspect like you were talking about where you know you can only be on set so many days at a time at the same time you can only edit so many videos and so i do try to get help with things especially when it comes to editing um, I try to delegate some of my editing out with other editors and I try like not to like scale up too much. I'm really in that like mind frame right now of like, you know, small team, big checks. Like that's what I'm on. <laughs> I love that. Small team, big checks. Because I like, like because my chest. I'm just like, you know, you talk to some people that are really into business and they're just like, I'm putting that on a hat. Small, small team, team, big checks. The like next that, merch drop that's right what there. I'm on, honestly, because. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, that, dude. I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> because, dude, like, I don't know. You talk to some finance bros, and they're just gonna be like, "Yo, you need to scale your business and get like 500 people working for you." I'm uh-huh. like, I don't want to deal with like, I don't want to deal with like. At first, I was like, "Dang, you guys are kind of onto something." Like, you know, yacht in Ibiza sounds kind of nice. But then I'm like, bro, like, I don't want to manage 500 people. Like, I'm just gonna work like nine to 10 p.m. every day and. <laughs> like be down bad about life so i was just like you know let me not go crazy but let me do a project that i like and then if i you know have the budget in that project to where i can like hire people out and have them do edits and it's it's cool because you get to like just make money with people that you enjoy working with and it's small team big checks you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's that's what i'm really on um so of course like building out a team certain people that you trust to like help on editing i think helps me with that aspect so that i can like focus on doing new productions and doing what i'm good at like shooting content if i need to edit i edit but if i don't need to edit then i can delegate it out so certain aspects like that um in the client work 
aspect help and then i also have like brand deals so creating content brings in a decent amount of money with brand deals they're not always the most like consistent thing but they are another source of of revenue so yeah i mean really it's between those two things i would say that make up like the the majority yeah nice let's go do you have any plans this year to maybe expand onto digital products or anything along those lines yeah yeah i i did i was working on like a photography and video business guide as well that i was planning on dropping i just like haven't had time i was planning on dropping it in like january but you know what is it march so <laughs> you know how it goes we're working a little on busy it. we're you're, working on it working hopefully on that it. will drop soon let's go but i do think that that's a really you know good way to monetize as as a creator and i think like i'm just trying to make the right things where people get a lot of value from them mm -hmm. and kind of do things that way and i think if you do that you can never go wrong you know if you make something that's like valuable to someone else and they get it and they're like oh this is this really saved me a ton of time you know or a bunch of headaches having to have this guide for getting my video clients or whatever and also on top of that like delegation yeah is huge i don't think I think people sometimes think like I got to do it all myself. And once you realize like if you take a little bit smaller piece of the pie and you delegate out editing, which usually takes the most time or you delegate out other things, you have more time to take on more projects. So mm -hmm. then eventually like in the long term, you're making more money. But in the shorter term, maybe you're like giving away a little bit. You're like, I kind of want the full. I want the whole check. But if you take a little bit less, delegate out the work opens your like you're less stressed you're spending less time behind a computer you can wor worry about like landing more clients like sending out more emails um and focusing on other things yeah 100 percent. It, it really pays off but it is like a big mindset sh mindset shift to have and it is like risky in a way i mean it definitely feels risky to like take a certain portion of your money and like you know because we're all like okay we can do it and then it's also a mindset thing of like well i can do it better you know yes and it's like yeah. The other thing is that the biggest thing that will like relieve stress is like having an editor that, you know, will like do better than you, which is obviously harder to find and more expensive. But it pays off if you can find someone like kind of team team up like that. So anyway, uh, again, it like makes me feel good in a way to be able to work with people that I trust and that like, you know, I'm I'm able to like create this ecosystem of where like you know we can all make money together so that is you know something that i enjoy doing yeah everybody 100%. eats so everybody eats. you did a you did something i saw with the nfl where you got to film patrick mahomes yeah it was like one of the greatest quarterbacks of our generation that we've been able to watch on tv right how did that shoot come about what was it like working with pat was he a super i hope he's a, he's a super good guy super good guy Let's fucking go that's amazing. what we like to see yeah Dude, he's zeke super and nice. pat, man our buddy Shout zeke out. and our buddy pat great guys they're amazing great great guys well, for real what was how did that shoot come about and tell me what it was like being on set getting to direct pat mahomes yeah so that was crazy i got the opportunity from nfl all day which is basically the nfl's nft shop which is run by dapper labs so that's another company they're based out in toronto so um they had me photograph that campaign that they were doing with patrick mahomes it was they were making like this huge commercial at the time and then i was also like on set that day taking photos for like 
you know the campaign and social and things like that it was really an amazing experience to be able to do that like i got the email and i was like dang okay this is insane for me um but of course i said yes i was like this is obviously i'm gonna say yes and it was it was just a crazy experience like everything went well you know i just did what i did at the end of the day i've done a shoot like hundreds of times before patrick mahomes was amazing and it was just like that moment for me was crazy because i've always wanted to be on like a huge set like that directing and like photographing a talent like as huge as that and working on like a campaign like that you were doing both directing and photography well sorry i was just like directing the photos yeah yeah directing the talent but like you know it was just an insane um experience to be able to do that because i used to look up to like all these photographers and see them doing things like that and so I was like, dang, I'm really like in these shoes right now. So it was it was a super like surreal experience for me. And you've gone so you've gone to work with like some very high level talent. Do you have a piece of advice for kids who want to start working with like, you know, A-list celebrities within like certain niches, whether it's like a big time rapper or a, uh, an athlete or a music musician, whatever it may be. Like, I feel like you have to we've all been doing it where we are around these like celebrities and like you have to act a certain way. Like, is there a piece of advice or maybe something you could tell a kid who like wants to shoot those kinds of people, but hasn't gotten a chance to yet? Yeah. I'll definitely say that you have to be cognizant about the timing. So if you want to work with like big celebrities and, and big brands and things like that, the thing is like a lot of these people are a little bit more accessible than you may think they are, but it's all about the timing and where can you, send a message or where can you help them at the right time because if you say hey like i would love to work with you and make you a video it's very open-ended but let's say someone's dropping a new brand let's say someone's you know doing something that you see that oh i can actually help this person and that's when you can really like show your value and sometimes it's not really something that you need to even say sometimes it's like you have to take a risk and just make something like sometimes you might have to you know, like what I did with Travis Scott was I bought the drink myself. Nobody asked me to make the commercial. I like bought it myself so that he would see it. And it's kind of the same, that same strategy. I just have repeated like um, in a similar way to kind of be able to work with these different celebs and brands that I work with. It's just like kind of showing them like, hey, like I can actually do something of value. And once you kind of show them, once they see that you're like excited to work with them, they'll like the chances of them wanting to work with you back is like tremendously higher. So that's like my main piece of advice I would say for that. I like that. We haven't heard that one mm-hmm. before. Cause yeah. you typically think of like just being cool and like, mm-hmm. a- like acting like you've been there before type of thing. I but, mean, that is true, but, but, but <laughs> yeah, no, a, but like a part of it. Yeah. But being like, Hey, you're dropping like this drink or you have this new song coming out, here's my creative, like mm-hmm. the timing part is something that think, yeah. you don't normally think about. And I think it's just as important. I think that's a great piece of advice. And I think on timing too, but you didn't say it, but it's kind of implied is like, you gotta be ready for the moment. And like, we've talked about this a ton on pods of like, I remember wanting to work with like a big creator when I was like a little rock, right? I was like, not that good. And I was like, damn this person. And they left me on red. And I was like, fuck this guy. Like, why did he leave me on red? But I'm like, dude, I wasn't like looking now and being, I've done this for 10 years. Like, I'm like, okay, I wasn't even good at all. I realistically would have just like bugged this person on set. And I think that 
uh, you got to remember where you're currently at and be real with yourself when you look at, you know, and I'm not saying to dream big, like I want you to dream big, but like you got to look at the person you're trying to reach out to and be like, if they have a person or if they do content, right? And my stuff doesn't hold the caliber that like what they're posting, it's not probably the right time for me to reach out. You know, I need to keep working on my craft. I think a lot of people can get something from that message, right? It's like, I need to be at a spot where I can provide them value. And like the timing does make sense. They have this new brand or they have a, a project that I can actually help out on. Not like, oh, yo, let's link and collab. It's like, fuck off. We get that. We get a thousand of those. So it doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? I think you saying being specific for that and like, how can I help you right now? And, and then it becomes not like I'm trying to get something from you. It's like you benefit me, but I'm also going to help you with this really cool opportunity. You know? Yeah. I think those points are like really good. It's it's a matter of one what you said is making sure that your timing is right with your work because you have the ability to really reach out to whoever but it's like you want to make sure that you're reaching out i used to do this too like i used to like go on businesses on instagram like just search local business or look on google maps if they had good photos i would not reach out to them but like if they had trash photos that i knew that okay like i can help the i can help this business or i can help this person make something better than what they have it as right now then i'll reach out to that person and it's like knowing that is 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 like huge like for you to like have that self-awareness in mm-hmm. yourself i think is huge as a creator and what was the second thing that you said i uh, said oh shit oh okay my i have ADD. i forget Me too, I, you know, I already forgot <laughs> yeah, see, we're on the like, same i already said it i'm like well it's out there it's out there i can clip it <laughs> um <laughs> Along with like providing value and the timing and everything like that and shooting your shot, right? Something that I've realized through a bunch of photographers trying to hit me up to try to do shows like it's a 50-50 shot, right? Like if it's a bigger show, at least in my shoes, right? If like a kid asks like, yo, can I come help shoot Loud Luxury for this show? Like I'll ask the team and if they want a second shooter, great. If not, I'm sorry. If you do get the opportunity... I think it's a really cool thing if you can get content of not only like the artists, but like other people on their team or specifically like their photographer or videographer, whatever. Anytime that like a photographer has sent me a photo of myself shooting them that I can then use for like Instagram or my website or whatever it may be. I'm like, oh, that was like really nice. And I, it's just a little thing that I'm going to keep that kid in mind in the future. Mm-hmm. I think that's just like another piece of advice. Like if you are shooting a concert and you have, you know, the first three songs to shoot in the pit or whatever it may be, or like you're on set, whatever, like if you can shoot other people besides just like the artist and you can send it to them, like that goes a long way, I yeah. think. I think so too. I agree. You know, another point I think I would add to that is like also, you know, whenever I was also heavy into shooting music, I would try to also photograph like everyone on the lineup. And I think a lot of people like just want to focus on the headliner, but I was always pressed on like, let me photograph pretty much everyone on the lineup. And then obviously some artists are just um, opening artists, which is dope. Like you can just say what's up to them like backstage. Obviously I'm not going to do that to the headliner, but like opening artists are so excited to like even get photos like they're, um, and I think connecting, like I always wanted to like connect with that local scene, connect with the creative community, or even if there's like a opening artist on the tour, like they may not have a budget to have a photographer on tour with them. So they really appreciate that photos for one. And then two is like, these are the artists that are going to be the next headliners. And so I think it's important, like 
connecting with all these people like you're saying like from the managers to the who's ever backstage to like other artists on the lineup there's so many other people than like that headlining artist that you can provide value to and it's like makes it a lot worth it uh, or like in the long run it'll be worth it you also never know who you're talking to so you got to be nice yeah. to everybody seriously. right yeah, yeah, let's, true. Say, yeah, let's say seriously. you're on let's say you're on set or you're in the green room or backstage whatever like you never know what that person who you're talking to's connection is to whatever you are shooting so just make sure that like you're cool to everybody because like you shouldn't try to like big up someone or like not try to shoot someone because they're not maybe like the headliner whatever it may be like i think it's true like treat everybody with like respect and like just go into it being cautious of like how you are with everybody not just like the main a-list celebrity or or artist who you're shooting so you're a freelancer living in new york i have to ask because you obviously don't have a nine to five it's not like mm -hmm. you wake up here you're done at five right mm -hmm. Do you have, do you pre-plan out your day the night before? Are you ripping sketchboy hours? Are you working late at night or do you get up early, which I don't do? I don't get up early. Do you, what's kind of like your schedule in New York right now? Yeah. So I like dream of having a routine schedule in a way, but like, I don't know, like two weeks ago in New York, we stayed awake till 5am, five nights in a row. Let me tell you, the weekend is three days long. I don't understand how that works, but like five <laughs> Nights in a row, staying up till 5 a.m. was insane. But wait, for work or did you just. No, just like for fun. Okay, just That's for how fun. New York is sometimes. But okay. I'm saying like, yeah, I just live off the vibes pretty much. Okay. Um, just live off the vibes. Like, just run the vibes. I, no, I, no food, no food, no drink. Yeah, just, just, just vibes. Just vibes. <laughs> um, I'll say that though, I do enjoy having a semi schedule, but for the most part, I, I work in sprints for, for one is like, you know, for the past week or so, I've had like a shoot like almost every day. Like I had a shoot like for like four days in a row in New York and then I came over to LA and then we've been just like working since then. So I, then after that, like maybe I may not have any work and then it's like, I have a schedule, I'll go to a coffee shop, chill, just have like a relaxed day for the most part, like edit. And then that's like more of a normal day where I might wake up on time, like 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> so do you work late are you like um are you with us on this or are you an early morning oh, kind of guy am i really what are you about this life or no sketch boy sketch hours. boy hours <laughs> yeah you know i'm actually not you're an early guy no so i'm you're just a midday like a, kind of yeah guy. midday just regular, midday for real i used to be on that sketch boy regular hours. guy hours we're gonna yeah call that. yeah i used to be on that sketch boy hours but like <laughs> i i don't do that anymore i don't i don't know like only if i really need to where like i need to like churn out an edit like the next day but we'll gladly take you back in the crew like if you want to be a part of the late night <laughs> okay team. yeah i might join back just like, shoot I, me a I, text I, it's kind of a long wait list right now so if you just <laughs> you hit me like i could probably work on something the get thing you is it's only like once in a while you know okay. is that is that cool no no <laughs> I'm, honestly it's, kind of, I'm it's the a dedication to craft I, I like the earlier mornings and kind of like midday but like once that sun goes down i'm I'm pretty tapped out, but like on it's it's so fucked because on the weekends I'm living like the most sketch boy hours because I'm up till fucking five a.m. shooting these shows, editing, and I'm like trying to get on a normal schedule yeah. when I get back. And then it's like so hard to be on a normal schedule because you're trying to sleep, but like your body's like, okay, you're supposed to stay awake till like four a.m. So mm -hmm. it sucks. Right now, do you have to do any cold outreach? And if so, what does that kind of look like? So yeah, right now I don't. Um, because I've just been busy, but like whenever things slow down for me is like when I'll start doing code outreach, mm -hmm. I'll say like one thing that I do is I have a bunch of clients that I've like already worked with. 
that I like want to work with again. So sometimes it's just a matter of being like, hey, like what's going on? Like, how are you guys doing? Um, just checking in if you guys needed anything. Like, I think that helps a lot um, because there are so many people that over time you've worked with before in the yeah. past that they always need new things. So I think reaching out to them is like the first thing to do before reaching out to like new people. But yeah, if there's, um, I know it's like over time doing it, it's just like, I don't code outreach as much, but at the same time, like I still do, especially for like brand deals. I try to like cold outreach more on the creator side of things. And then when it comes to like client work, I'll rarely like cold outreach now, but I, I still think cold outreaching is important. Like you can really land. That's how you like get to that next level. Sometimes is like doing that cold outreach. So I think like, are you I a DMS would, or an email kind of guy or both? Is it LinkedIn it at is, all? It depends. LinkedIn is actually major. I think I've been like trying to tap in more to LinkedIn. Dude, I okay. I like LinkedIn to yeah. find shit, but the culture of LinkedIn sucks. And you can at me on that. I, I've like went on LinkedIn and scrolled. I'm like, this is literally like making my eyes bleed. Like I cannot That's definitely true. stand I to read those fucking messages. Like those things. I'm like, and I'm not saying that I'm like not cringe on some of my shit, but like LinkedIn, dude. Yeah. I'm like, yo, get out of this guy. I saved a baby from a burning fire and then I took our company public. IPO. I'm like, dude, fuck the, these guys, the, bro. The freaking hooks on LinkedIn oh are crazy. Oh my God, dude. Like, they're the star brutal. is crazy. In the comments, they're like, you go, Mike. Like, yeah. I'm like, dude, fuck this comment section. Yeah, that was my baby. Thanks for saying that. That's like a this different is, universe. Dude, this bro. is going to, Cleon's going to clip this and LinkedIn guys are going to be like, this is so stupid. We love LinkedIn. Like, I hate it though. I think, yeah. Like, but think it's good for connecting with business stuff but it like is, the it actual is. like people that post on linkedin i'm like yo, yo it's so interesting like i especially being creatives that like i don't know not completely used to working like in that corporate field mm -hmm. i just have like the urge to like comment fire emojis on people and i'm like wait i can't <laughs> do this it's linkedin <laughs> like good job brandon you did great on this i'm just like okay yeah my Kill bad shit is fire great emoji. job <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm like yo you fire you're just cussing cussing in the <laughs> cussing in the like, linkedin comments that's so um, funny yeah i think the we're not like we're not meant for that linkedin culture but like we, from the from where we come from. But you can. I mean, what's really cool though is like what I've told. I've told some of my coaching uh, peeps. I was like, "Yo, you can find who work who's who's a high up at said company, and you can get an email there if you have LinkedIn Premium, which is really cool. Or if you're applying to a job, what is cool about LinkedIn is you can get the stats on who's applied, where they're from, and you can be like, okay, is there five people that applied here, or is there ten thousand people that have applied here, and like who works at said company, which is great for sorry to shit on linkedin but yeah yeah when it comes to this. cold outreach using linkedin is great because mm -hmm. of finding those specific people you're not gonna land a nike brand deal or commercial if you dm at nike no. but you can search on linkedin and find the social media coordinator or head of marketing at mm -hmm. nike and you have a more targeted uh, approach that's gonna lead you to like a higher opportunity of landing that client in the in the cold outreach approach yeah 100 percent. linkedin is like the search capabilities on linkedin crazy. is crazy yeah. and yeah i think you can like kind of i don't know sometimes i think about this i don't really act on it like that but it's kind of like you can just subtly 
like just make people know who you are without messaging them mm. if that makes sense like what the if you, algorithm's crazy yeah like you could post and it could it could see twenty thousand people could see it and you only have like 500 connections or something yeah just crazy and i think what you said is major too it's like really you know you realize at the end of the day there's people behind all of these companies that we want to work with and it's just a matter of kind of connecting and finding out like who who is pulling those strings and who do you actually need to connect with it's like one two three people and that makes it like a hundred times more easier to really like get to what you want to do Mm -hmm. we're in the the people business you know it's it's not like a robot that you're talking to it's like a regular person just like us and we're like you know someone that's just like went out on friday night and they just woke up sunday hungover and they're like okay let me like see what let me see the brand dms that we got today speaking of cold outreach working with clients you said that you've worked with adobe which is super cool do you have a brand or a company that's on like your number one list like top top list top of the list of like brands that you want to work with that you haven't gotten a chance to yet so i was i was featured in the nike app but i would want to do something more like legit with nike um that's like one of my dream like collabs whether it's like directing a commercial or like being a part of something as a creator like want to do something with nike for sure i could see you doing that you're already working with athletes in the nfl like nike's not that far away for you i feel like yeah hopefully so man i'm trying to get yeah nike please (laughs) let's run something in these next like six months to a year what does it kind of look like for you for your creative business or what you're doing right now on social yeah so on the social side of things i definitely want to tap in more to youtube so youtube is i'm realizing you know i've been doing short form creation like content creation for a few years now especially on like tiktok I'm realizing that like creating on YouTube, which was always like a dream of mine to be able to like be a YouTuber, um, it's so difficult and so like such a different game. And it's it's definitely something that I'm learning. Like I feel like it took a lot of time for me to learn how to communicate via like short form. And I think I'm comfortable with that. And like learning how to communicate things on long form video and really creating something new i think that's another thing is like i'm always trying to see how i can create something new i feel like that's how you really pop because if you're always like oh i saw this person do something and it worked like let me just try that you'll never be like you'll never be that you'll never be like casey who came on Mm -hmm. the platform and really like changed the game or like even emma chamberlain Mm -hmm. these people all have like a distinct style um all these big youtubers so i'm always thinking about that like exploring different things right now trying to see like what my style really is and then on the business side of things like with with my client work yeah it's just a matter of like working with bigger brands working with um trying to get my foot more in the door as a director and really trying to like be able to craft stories do more storytelling tapping into that side of my my brain and and moving into that realm of things versus like the videographer side of things, which I feel like I've been doing for years, but like really transitioning from that to like being a director is like what I want to take my career. Bigger checks, smaller team, baby. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> I love that. Small team, big checks. There it is. What is a one piece of advice that you would give to your 18 year old self? So the one piece of advice I would probably give to my 18 year old self is just to just like you can do pretty much whatever you want to do it's 
it's just a matter of like staying focused and it doesn't really matter what anyone says because no matter what you do no matter what you choose to do a hundred people are always going to tell you you can't do it they're going to give you hella reasons why you can't do something um doesn't matter if it's like you're going to be a doctor or you're going to be a photographer or whatever it is like you're always going to hear people say why you can't do it it's just staying true to like what you want to do and always not being afraid to like explore other things and not being in the box um i know i said like five things but what I was like one it. thing i'm just messing with you. that was great <laughs> that was perfect that yeah. was amazing dude thank you so much for yeah, coming thanks. on i'm Yo, stoked th- that we ended up catching you when you were coming to la i'm like this is we were trying to go to new york and maybe in, like oh, the, in the summer because we want to pod with some new york friends that we maybe will maybe new friends that we'll meet so also speaking of have you had a chance to link with babin yet or like connect with i them? haven't but i've like ooh, that's meaning to happen oh, you so know we're gonna I mean? make that happen yeah we'll make that happen you brought up hassan and like he shoots for him and like yeah. that's the boy he's the goat so, yeah, yeah that'd be dope babin yeah seems super dope i've never met him yet but like when y'all come to new york yeah we yeah we'll have to all go. link up shout out babin well ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in to another episode of the 505 podcast we're gonna link all of your socials down below so check out Tej. all of his socials will be linked below hit the subscribe button we'll see you guys all next week peace peace, peace.